0: those headphones look like uh like you know i grew up with i don't know if this version of a dad exists anymore for people but there was like the one type of dad who at night would like sit in a big comfortable chair with with headphones like that like with some kind of bev Slowly sipping, you know, like the it, quiet, isolated it's dad. It's
1: funny you should say that because do you know what these really are? Can you see? Are they coasters or something? These are these are Grados, which are really nice headphones that are actually made in Brooklyn. Yeah, but these are Bushmills promotional Grados that I got. <laughs> I got for free. They're made with Bushmills oak
0: barrels. That's perfect. So I nailed it.
1: You did. You totally got it all together, dude. Yeah. They're a little bit too nice for for what we're doing, but
0: hey, You know, man. I wore you see this shirt I'm wearing? Yeah, I do see that shirt. The owl it's a it's a Kerveller shirt. Okay. Which is a cool, you know, metal y kind of hardcore band, I right. believe from from Finland.
2: Where they're and,
0: all from. Huh? <laughs> Where they're all are, Yeah, the, all the, all the good black ones, metal anyway. bands at least. And I've been wearing this shirt. I'm on my third day. I know we're going to start talking about shirts again. This is how (laughs) we started the last episode. But I hadn't realized. So I wore this shirt all day yesterday. And yesterday I had to welcome a few people into my home, such as like inspectors or people giving estimates, you know, like those types of people. And at one point I had heard something I didn't like. And I assume I was acting in a strange way. And my wife came home right at that time and she was like, you looked so scary back there. <laughs> and I, I forget sometimes <laughs> that like, that I'm sort of like a hulking big person <laughs> with like a mustache and long hair and like old tattered black jeans always. And then I wear a shirt with this like, you know, eyeless owl. Like this huge shirt, and then all of a sudden, someone tells me they have to dig somewhere I don't like, and I get this face. And people are really scared of me, <laughs> it, and I really just don't see myself that way. I truly don't. Like, I don't understand that I have that kind of presence That's that hilarious. could actually frighten another person. I feel so gentle. Yeah, you are. You are. You're a gentle. But they human. don't know that. No. Yeah. I,
1: it's um. I think it's cool. It's better than being the other way around, right? Were you ever scared of me? No. <laughs>
0: Was there ever a time <laughs> that Sorry, I threatened Betty. you at all? I,
1: I've been I've been in this racket long enough to to know a lot scarier looking dudes than you. Yeah, and uh, and also to know that you know you can't judge a book by its
0: cover. It's true. <laughs> well, you found out you found out the fun way that a guy like me give me an hour alone in New York City. I'm going to a diner, you know, I'm not going, I'm not going to the Times Square peep booths. I'm not getting drugs. I'm going to sit, I'm going to sit with some eggs. Yeah. Hopefully nobody else in there. So I can just, you know, <laughs> sit there like an old man at the bar, just judging well, other people. And, so this is oh. what,
1: you know, I mean, this is, can it can be a great advantage. I mean, really, it's kind of the optimal way to be, which is to be a big teddy bear who looks like, who looks like a dangerous polar bear because, you know, people won't mess with you when you don't want them
0: to, right? At the, uh, that's actually not always the case. When you're in kind of like alpha dog scenarios where there is some alpha dogs around, right, right? sometimes they go for the biggest target. right? You know what I mean? The thing that looks the scariest to try to <laughs> right. alpha the room. Right. So, no, I've definitely been in those situations before too, you know. But I- – that, that's one thing about, I really did like, you know, it's just one of those weird things about life. Like I truly did start so pure and so innocent where my intentions were so <laughs> great and, and any kind of conflict really did terrify me. So I right. would just do anything in my power to like, stay away from those situations. And I kind of almost like, I had to like force myself into the world. Because of how much it like scared me. Like, I almost literally didn't go on my first tour because of how just petrified I was. I wasn't excited as much as I was petrified. Right. And I had to like put myself in it and make myself do it. Luckily, I had some cautionary tales in like my family in my past that led to me going, yo, you have to do this because the other road is bad. <laughs> but like, so, and now here I stand almost 40. And I definitely got over, like, a lot of that shit just by pure exposure. Right. But But still, if you strip away the scary owl shirt, the long (laughs) hair, and the mustache, I'm, like, four years old, and I just want to find my blankie (laughs) and be, like, cold and someone cuddling me and telling me everything's going to be okay. Isn't that what we all want?
1: It is actually what we all want, even the the real dangerous guys. Right.
0: They probably want it more. Yeah,
1: they do. They
0: do for sure. That's like when I see like a like. So I saw uh, an image the other day of like some random couple at a Walmart. You know, some old fucking flabby shit couple. Like I don't give a shit about these people <laughs> wearing like Nazi uh, uh, face masks in uh, like a Walmart. What you know? Yeah, you mean swastikas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, with a swastika on it, and you know. Holy like, shit! Like, obviously, my you know, my instinct is like, fuck these people to a point, but then I'm like, like, what kind of like, you just want attention, you yeah. just want like a hug, <laughs> like, what happened to you to make you have to go to a Walmart and seek the validation and attention of random people or try to get on a viral video, whatever the fuck you're doing by doing that, but the thing that's making you do that isn't a good thing. It's like that's not like a a, a safe person that's not a happy person. No. That's those are bad, sad people yeah. that something weird probably happened to them. Oh yeah. And I see those people and I want to just kind of go up to them more and just be like, hey, you know, <laughs> like, let's take that off. We're, let's have a chat. You know? <laughs> but this is just me talking from the kitchen. If I actually <laughs> walked into the Walmart and saw that shit, I might just go crazy too. You know? I can't I can't guarantee my reaction is going to be this righteous, you know. Yeah. Maybe I'm just having a nice morning. Ugh. But say if I was in some traffic, it was hard to park. It was raining. I walked in wet or something, and yeah. then I saw those people. No, they—they
1: want a confrontation, obviously, which is kind of crazy because. So so, what's the alternative confrontation I can give them? I mean, besides a, a pipe upside the head? Yeah, yeah, freaking, yeah. Like what? <laughs> what, okay, what they actually so, deserve?
0: No, no, no. <laughs> this is this is. I thought about this when this when this situation came up on the news. I was like, what could I do in that situation to be funny to make them look like shit? Like that didn't involve like physical. Like what? Because my instinct was, like, what if you just walked up to those people and just went, like, Aw, sweetie, were you not getting enough attention today? You know, like, can you do that? Is that funny?
1: That is the only thing you could actually do. And they're not going to get it. And they're not going to think it's funny. And it's not going to cure them or help them in any way. Maybe it'll embarrass them a little bit because they don't get the confrontation.
0: Right, but they're gonna, they just like look stupid. They don't get the confrontation. They don't get what they want. Right, or is the best thing just straight up ignoring those people?
1: I I would think that it, not only ignoring them, but also like like ignoring them to the point where the cashier maybe should ignore them. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, right. I, like, I believe you if use- you walk up to the Walmart to cash out and pay for whatever you've got, and you're wearing a swastika. I think the duty of the cashier is to close the register and walk away. That's like the duty of every American. It's like
0: Mm. it is to
1: ignore them, but to basically proactively ignore them.
0: Right. Right. right.
1: Not to confront them, not to like yell at them, not to hit them, but to not give them anything. To basically make it clear to them that they're not part of society. They've chosen. They've chosen to, to because like... You know, freedom of speech. I'm a big believer, but there's a line that you cross where you're just saying, like, I hate you and I and it's just
0: it's not okay.
1: It's not okay. Well,
0: if you wear that, you're saying, hey, I want to murder your family. Yeah.
1: Basically, that's exactly what they're saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's probably not that cool. Yeah. But it's like so if these people want attention, so like say with Trump, for instance, I blocked him on Twitter like three years ago. Right. Because I thought the best response to a guy like that is no more clicks not one more impression not one more yeah. piece of ad revenue to yeah. like add to that whole thing yeah you know that was like my whole concept and it's kind of like the uh you know i don't know if, if you did acid in your uh, time <laughs> in the 60s but uh you know it's part of the whole <laughs> timothy leary thing it's like the whole you know um uh, you know, uh, tune in, drop... You know, what it, whatever it is. Uh, drop in, in, tune out. Tune, what in, is it again? T- tune in, drop out, I think. Yeah, tune in, drop out. Was It wasn't just, like, do drugs and go to another place. It was the idea that, like, politics was like theater. And
2: right. all
0: they did was, like, feed on, you know... Like, we're feeding the actual machine with what it needs to yeah. keep its gears going. Absolutely. And that if you completely drop out of the process... And ignore the fact that it's even like a thing, then maybe it'll cease being a thing, like eventually. Right. I mean, it's, you know, maybe not the most proactive approach. He also had uh, Richard Nixon's vice president, the great Spiro Agnew, <laughs> on his tail at that time, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's some truth to that. But there's, when it's in front of your face, it's so hard to reconcile that, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, I just want to murder this person. But me being physically violent with them is kind of like exactly what they were asking for by wearing it in the first place. I'm kind of giving them what they want. Yeah. It's like killing Kevin Spacey at the end of seven. You know? <laughs> I
1: don't remember that movie. I don't think like, I even saw that movie.
0: Yeah, he had to let him live. <laughs> Brad Pitt lost his shit. He saw his wife's head in a box. He's like, oh, what I, is that? that? No, insanity. no. <laughs> One of the worst scenes ever. And then and then he shoots Kevin Spacey. It was part of his master plan, okay. you know? So if these people are going to Walmart being like, yo, I want a viral video that's going to go on OAR or whatever. And, you know, a bunch of fucking rednecks are going to think I'm cool. Right. And then I provide them that content like, oh, look at this big brutish liberal all wearing black who assaulted <laughs> these free speech patriots and give them exactly what they want yeah you know
1: you do do. i mean i you know there's no way this we could ever do this here but you know i know that in some asian countries i think in japan is one of them they never print the names of criminals in the paper Mm. and especially like you know kind of the more extreme crime you know like murder like you just don't they don't acknowledge they're not going to give them because essentially over here, I mean, that's what terrorism is. And that's really what, you know, a lot of crimes that happen, you know, anything that's not like burglary, you know, it's kind of attention seeking, you know. Yeah, and, a lot and, of it. And uh, you shouldn't give them the time
0: of day. <sighs> Don't give them what they want. Don't do give them what they want. Well, this was a nice tangent for... <laughs> To Here start this interview. I <laughs> was so psyched. <laughs> I know. I was so psyched to get this interview with Bartis. Yeah. I've only discovered him fairly recently. I think most people have. But I heard those first couple tracks, and it's just like, you know, my ears sprouted up. It's just like, oh, yeah. Here's like, here's something. This is something. And then I looked into like his story a little and um really just like fascinating guy in a lot of ways, like the way he came up and the way he wound up where he is now and kind of his philosophy is real. It's oh, yeah. cool. It's, it's like a mellow philosophy. That He's I'm a pretty wholesome into. dude for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm into it. And sometimes we walk away from interviews and I'm like, I can I just like keep texting this dude and be friends with him. Yeah. Cause, yeah. <laughs> Cause that was, that was fun. You know, that was a yeah. conversation I'd like to have again. So, um, yeah, his record is coming out. Soon, in October, but he's doing a lot of uh, previews. He just released uh, that single, Boomer, which is awesome. And uh, everyone should check him out. But first, check out this interview we did with him. What, you know use Aloe?
1: Yeah, dude, I'm a big Aloe fan. I'm down with Aloe. I'm a big Aloe fan.
0: Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, this is this is what we're talking about. We're talking about aloe,
2: big aloe. The, <laughs> yeah, the, the industry. <laughs> it's <laughs> and, like and everything. how they're coming together to how they've created COVID to take us all out to make yeah buy more aloe.
0: Oh my yeah. god, how did you know,
2: bro? I've been. I mean, when Jamie said y'all wanted to talk, I was like, I hope they're talking aloe. you've been on on Reddit or something, huh? (laughs) Man, too much, dog. I have too much time right now, you know? So it's not all of it is being spent well, you know? No, no. I'm I'm seeking the truth, you know? It's
0: It's funny, though, isn't it? (laughs) Like, if you came on here and told me, you know what, Benny? Like, big aloe is a problem. And, <laughs> and, like, you know, in whatever country they produce a lot of aloe and that the local population is suffering because of our love of aloe. I, I don't know. I believe it because it seems to be happening every time we are into anything. I, I remember when, like, quinoa became a thing. Apparently yeah. after, like, six months, like, Peruvians were just getting fucking killed over quinoa. Yo, and, yeah, know. almond milk. Almond
2: and milk. Like, oat yeah. milk. I'm like, yo, I, you know, I'm black and I'm lactose intolerant. Like a lot of black people. Okay. So when I found out that, you know, about oat milk and almond milk, I was like, yo, this is the wave. Like yeah. this tastes delicious and it's amazing. And then like, you know, I also I, I work in the environmental space. So okay. all of a sudden, like everyone was like, oh, almond milk, like people in South America are being killed yeah. and making these almonds. And I was like, damn. I did all the slavery, 400 years of that, and then lactose intolerance, and then I found something that worked, and now I can't use it. It felt like like double oppression from both sides. Back to lactate. Back to lactate for you, motherfucker. I was like, I was forced into this. I didn't choose to be lactose intolerant. I didn't choose for these options.
0: (laughs) I was a, unaware of it's this. Horrible! This, this you don't know anything about this,
1: Brad. The almond <laughs> terror. I was not aware of.
0: I mean, um, the, the, what's going on with oats? I know almonds are bad because apparently California has no water. Boom! That's it. And oh, it takes a ton of water right, to make almonds. Right. What's going on with oats? What's wrong with oats? I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid. I don't even
2: want to Google it because yeah. it's going to mess me up. I can't do it.
0: You know there's someone on Reddit who's like, yo, if you're <laughs> eating oats, you're you're fucking Hitler. Oh, come on. <laughs> you, know are,
2: you know those those no, those oats, they look kind of like, you know, people knuckles.
1: But, so are you, are you into the oat milk then? Because that's the best thing I've found outside yes. of
2: milk, right? I'm into I'm it. And they make an oat milk, there's an oat milk ice cream now. I oh, bet it's good. Ooh. I like oat milk. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, there's nothing bad about oat milk. Come on. So, speaking don't of stomach them. problems, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm guessing this is this is Benny talking right this now. Is,
0: I'm Benny, the one with the slight lisp, uh, who sounds like he's really from New Jersey. Is probably me. And then, okay. Yeah, Brad. Brad, what would your accent be? At this point, I don't know. Do I have an accent? Are you? Powerful. You're kind of. You have kind of a non-regional diction. You know that I've
1: lived in many parts of the country, and I at one point actually had a southern accent when I was like six years old. I lived in Oklahoma when I was in first grade and kindergarten.
2: You did? Get out of
0: here. Yeah. And, wow.
1: And suppose, and then I moved to New England, and I've, yeah, I've had friends say that, that when I first moved up there that I had a southern accent, which... You know you? what's
0: funny about this, Bartiz, is that Brad does such little research for these interviews that he has... <laughs> No idea how connected you are with Oklahoma, and that was a natural, a natural segue, a truly natural one. Yeah, I'm just. Did you hear me? I was like, I was like, what? Yeah, (laughs) you're like, real
2: Oklahoma? What's the connect? What's the connect? I was raised there. Oh, where? Where? Um, Mustang, Oklahoma. Okay, I was in Enid. Oh shit! I played in a semi. Semi, a state semifinal football game against Enid High School, and we got mollywopped. It was bad. <laughs> Those boys are huge, man. Uh, Good lord.
1: Yeah, I was. I, I left there when I was just a kid. I, I had first grade there and kindergarten there, and um, and then we split. What
0: what uh, what years of your life were you actually in Oklahoma? Because because you moved quite a bit before that, right? Yeah. Um, it was like. <sighs> Fifth grade,
2: fourth, fifth grade through like junior year of college.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow, developing years,
0: yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, so do you, what, do you, what you consider yourself now, yeah. like an Oklahoman? An Okie? Oh yeah, Okie? totally. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely.
2: I've like all these Oklahoma tattoos. I'm so it's super corny. Yeah, I'm like a Okie for sure.
0: Now, like, what, what, you know, what would, in your estimation, be? like a determining factor of someone from Oklahoma, like a personality trait or like something that's very like Oklahoman.
2: Something that's very Oklahoman. Owning a uh, uh. a gun? (laughs) Well, that's too easy. (laughs) Like that's like, (laughs) sorry, and that can be said about the region at large. I'm trying to think uniquely Oklahoman. I'm trying to think what is a characteristic that's uniquely Oklahoman? Oklahomans, I can always, I feel like I can spot them out of a crowd because okay. Oklahomans, I hope that, I hope an Oklahoman hears this podcast so they can verify. Um, so we'll i make sure of it. I'm going to share the couple. shit out of this. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I feel like we carry this sensibility of like, oh, we, we don't fit in. <laughs> like mm. we all, we think that we don't fit in. And everyone else is like, oh, you're fine. And we're like, no. You don't know what it's like. Like, I feel huh. like that's like a weirdly Oklahoman thing, um, like, just as an energy, <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> because, because it's like, it's strangely placed. And like, yeah. the South doesn't quite claim us. The Midwest doesn't quite claim us. The West doesn't really know about us. And the East Coast is like, doesn't know even where we are on a map.
0: So, yeah. And, and Texas is kind of just resentful.
1: Yeah. Texas hates Oklahoma, right? Isn't there like a
0: yeah.
2: r- rivalry there?
0: It's or, a huge rivalry.
2: Texas hates us. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma always has something to prove that's what it is uh, our energy is we're like hell no we're from Oklahoma <laughs> and everyone's like cool
1: <laughs> so you're like you're like the New Jersey of uh of yeah. marriage oh my
0: god <laughs> that sounds right yeah <laughs> you're just that naturally would, defensive yes.
2: yeah we're coming out swinging like no reason no reason needed <laughs> you know, it's really funny. Wow. That's beautiful. I love that. It also makes me realize why I love Philip Roth so much. So <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful. pastoral. Now,
0: now be- Before you got to Oklahoma, I, you, you were, you, you were part of a military family, right? So you, so you moved quite a bit. Yeah. I was born in England and moved to Germany
2: and moved to Greenland. And wow. then I moved to the States and bounced around the States for a while. And
0: Eventually ended up in Mustang. And do you like do you remember all that moving? Do you remember those places or is your memory pretty entrenched in Oklahoma? I remember living
2: in Europe. Um you did? and people ask me like, Oh, did that happen in England or Germany? And I'm like, Well, that's just that was all just a place to me. Air Force right. bases are also their own little like insular like culture, like living on base. I see and all that, you know? It's like, you know, everyone speaks English and everyone Mm. Is like very interna- It's a very international feeling, though. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's a, a lot of different types of people from all over the world. Definitely from all over the states. You know, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember that because I definitely remember when I moved to Oklahoma, and I remember how different it was from everything right. I'd seen previously. I was like, "Whoa,
0: this <laughs> <Yeah>. is wild!" <laughs> you know, it was it really stood out. In in what in what way was it was it so unique from the experience you had? Well, I
2: mean, like generally, the uh, Oklahoma is a very conservative um, yeah. state. You know, like deeply conservative, um, very, very Christian, which you know isn't horrible for my family. I mean, my mom is like a holy roller, super Christian, like southern okay. black woman, okay. um, which is like honestly where I learned how to like play every instrument and sing was right. like okay. churches. Yeah, but um, yeah, you know, it was just it's hard to like a be a black person, b be queer or be interested in, like,
0: you know, anything
2: other than, like, a woman of the opposite – a person of the opposite sex. Yeah. Um, You know, it was hard to, you know, do things that were, like, ambitious. People Mm. would, like, try to smush you, you know? Like, as Mm. soon as you're, like, the black kid that's trying to do stuff, like, think – just shit happens to you, you know? You become, like – you know, I I've known many people – some really close friends who were like run out of town for being great at football or being great at, you know, you're too big, too young. Like people pick all these crazy reasons to go after black kids, you know, and your right. life's hell. And it's really rough. And, you know, my, me and my brother and sister, you know, when we moved there, it, we just really like banded together and just like got through it. You know, that's
0: awesome and what what's the age difference with you guys? We're all two years apart. Oh, cool. Perfect.
2: Yeah. So that was us, us three, going to all those all white schools and just fighting kids and yeah <laughs> and, and yeah. going to football practice and My mom is an opera singer, and my and so you know she had us like sing in and she taught at the University of Oklahoma, the vocal department, and yeah, that was our life It was an
0: interesting period at, at what at what point, if any did you did you ever like settle into it or or did you Always feel that restlessness until until you got out. Oh, wow. That's an interesting
2: question because it's not how you think. Like, I bought in immediately. Like, oh, I one, like one thing that I learned growing up was, like, I think I was always, like, a scared kid. Like, I was scared of everything. Mm. Um, so I got really good at just fitting in. So, like, if everyone was playing basketball, I'm going to be the best basketball player here. I'm going to learn okay. everything about it, and I'm going to play the fuck of basketball mm-hmm. and you know that's what I did my whole life like and when I moved to Mustang I just had to like adapt and just play the part and my part right. was like booby miles Friday night lights like that was like <laughs> who I was in my mind and you know did all the the church stuff and right. play ball and well, did then you all.
0: would have been the preacher at Friday night night like it's not not booby well I was like booby <laughs> because I was I was trying to be cool, man. I was, oh, like, I, okay. I was trying to be really
2: cool. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But, and then like once I, I got hurt in college uh, playing football and I was like, this, I really want to do music more, honestly. And yeah. I want to know what it's like to be like a civilian and like <laughs> not be right. playing sports like every day for years. Sure. And I also knew that there was this other side of me that I was. Never in a place that I could let, just kind of let go, you know. Mm. Um And even though I always played music growing up, and you know, always had a lot of access to the arts through my mom, my dad's really supportive. You know, I just never let myself go there. You know, I'd just be like, no, you will literally get fucked up for being that person, right? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So I just didn't until I, you know, got out, and then it was like, woof, yeah.
0: What do you so you're be? just. So you're supposed to be the kid who plays football, the kid who goes to church, acts cool around everyone else, but but that wasn't really what you actually were at the time.
2: Yeah, and it's also, like, just scary as fuck. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. about, like, being popular. It was about, like... Right. Yo, people are getting tied up in drug behind trucks yes. until they die out here. Yes. you know yes. what I mean. Like yeah, sure. it wasn't about being cool; it was Survival. about like yeah. Yo, there's like the Grandmaster Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan that lived in the acreage behind my house. It's like insane. when I was a, a a package helper for UPS, yeah. this white boy I used to ride with. Every time we got to his house, he'd make me get out of the car and walk the package up to the door. Really? Like it was a joke, you know? Like yeah, like thinking it was funny. Yeah, man, this shit was horrifying, like, the most traumatizing shit, and uh yeah, I really had, just had to get out of there, and just did whatever I had to do to get out of there, when I, so I went to college there, and interned, you know, I just busted my ass, and when I got a little internship in D.C., I was like, peace, Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, started playing in a lot of bands, and then
0: that was kind of how I wrote it, mm-hmm. Now with that with that kind of situation going on in Oklahoma what you know I heard you were you were into punk and hardcore went to shows played in bands like mm-hmm. how, how did you get uh, an entrance into into that world in such a ah! This is so okay
2: yeah this is so fun to talk about cool so this is <laughs> this is the cool part about living in Oklahoma sure, right Yeah yeah All right all right so nobody knows this but Oklahoma has some sick ass musicians like sure, yeah. some of the hardest like Garth I, li- I grew up on Garth Brooks Boulevard literally <laughs> Garth Brooks <laughs> parents live like on my mom and dad's street Oh no like, shit okay it, like no shit Gar- look that shit up Garth Brooks Boulevard heading into <laughs> Mustang Road I grew up on that street and fucking man like great players all over the place and like yeah, even, yeah. even if you look out there now you got like John Morland Samantha Crane John Calvin Abney like some of the coldest up and coming like folky country players out and so mm-hmm. like i felt like i got to grow up around a lot of people who were just like really really hyper musical but we lived in a place where nobody thought you were going to go anywhere with the shit so right. people just chill about being great at music hmm. and so you could sit down With some 60 year old redneck, literally just chicken picking the shit out of a guitar on his stoop and just be like, hey, how are you doing that? And he would just show you like multiple people throughout my development who were just like random people that just took an interest and shared their knowledge. You know, Um, so I met a lot of people like that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Like being around my mom and just kind of being curious. Right. Um, and then when I got to high school um, people started like joining bands and you know I I was really into rock music but I didn't see any other black kids playing like around me Um, and like right before high school I guess like I guess seventh eighth grade I was watching like TV literally the corniest thing in the world but I saw like at the drive-in playing on Letterman and I taped it it was a rerun and I was like oh my god (laughs) Where are they one, from? one arm scissor, I presume. Yes, it was. It was yeah, that one, yeah. <laughs> and um, I like. I found out they're from El Paso, Texas.
0: Yes, and right. I was like,
2: yeah. "Oh my god, what?" Like yeah. those those kids look kind of like me, and they sure, right. all speak Spanish, and they're like in New York City playing on Ooh. television. It just right, like
0: right. Yeah, my yeah. brain
2: exploded, and then like. This dude showed me TV on the radio and that okay. really fucked me up. Sure. Fucked me up. And then I heard like um, Helicopter by Block Party on a, on FIFA or some uh, shit. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. literally like,
0: it was yeah, like, yeah, three I think that was on FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard that, that was, song about 350 times too, I think, because of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so like that really just got me looking around. Like sure. I was like, who is making shit like this? Um, and then like, uh, also, there was, like, a substitute teacher at my school who's, like, ne- nephew is Caleb from Kings of Leon. Like, those oh, wow. guys are, like, also from my area. And, huh. like, I heard they were playing, like, a, literally, like, a show in Bricktown, and a bunch of my friends were going, and, like, we all went and saw, like, you know, like, the bands of Oklahoma at that time. I don't even remember who they were playing. Right. Um, it was really sick, but that was kind of my entry into, like, oh, like, you can just form a band and do this, and uh, you don't have to look like them and right. you can do your thing. Um, and that really just like lit a fire in me. And then I was just like always trying to play in a band. And in high school, like I was playing football and basketball and all this shit, but I always was like in a band <laughs> and like, right. um always like slugging it out, like with some folks in the city and like just going to punk shows and, you know, trying to like just like see if there's anyone like me because I saw it on TV literally, uh, you know, I was like, where's another couple black kids and i met some and we're still friends to this day they're the bomb that's awesome
0: yeah and what were your uh, what were your first bands
2: that i fell in love with or that i no, played no that
0: in? that you were in like at oh there. my god okay <laughs> give there's me some a,
2: names yeah give there's me some, some bands on there's that. a band called yeah. belmont which okay. is uh, named after you know my neighborhood, Belmont Crossings, okay. when I was growing up. Not the horse race. <laughs> no, yeah. not the horse race. But we've definitely got a MySpace and there's definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely music on it, nice. um, which is wild. Um, I, yeah, you could find it if you wanted. Um, beyond that, I played in a band called Tandora Die, um, okay. um, which now goes by the name Speak Memory i'm actually mixing their record right now um oh, they're it. like yeah long time friends of mine Um, run by this dude named tim miller who like i i think he's like it, i mean if you're into like twinkle daddy music or like midwestern emo like this dude like really studies it and he's just like he's really talented as a guitarist and a co-ranger cool. yeah it's his project and i played bass in it and it was a lot of fun um yeah, and I also played in a band called "An Airbag Saved My Life," <laughs> which was a post rock band
0: okay. that I played
2: in like a lot in college. Um, and it was a very emotional post rock
0: band. There's music up. I'm sure you could find that music. It's great. Now, were you just playing guitar in these bands? You were singing too.
2: I was always just playing guitar. I was too scared. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, even though, like, so, so, you know, your mom, as you mentioned, is is an opera singer. And and also, I'd assume since, in your words, a holy roller probably yeah. uh, probably did some work in church. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, so you must have known that that you had a voice. Did, well, did you it. have Did you have vocal like training from your mom or?
2: Yeah, and you know, I grew up singing quite often, but singing in my own band was like a different thing. Like right. Um, I remember, like you know, I grew up doing operas with my, you know, my mom had a little, literally like a kids' opera camp in Oklahoma called the Cimarron Circuit Opera Company, wow. where every summer we would do like full blown out like opera productions and operettas, Gilbert and Sullivan pieces, and I would sing and I did church and I was always, you know, my whole family were always singing and you know in front of people, but with it was like um as I got older though, you know, I and started playing in bands, it just felt too real. Like if I was playing and singing, I was almost like afraid of it because I loved it like so
0: much. Mm. Like it was too big. Almost like, almost like you had a, like a unattainable standard on it.
2: Well, like I felt like
0: I couldn't, I
2: didn't have time to, to be too into that. Like I was like, trying to as i was playing music i was trying to like stay connected to music but i was definitely in my mind fully focused on like getting out of oklahoma and finding a job and being right. this person that i was have been told my whole life that i needed to be right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Um, i was like a black kid who grew up in the country and like you know i wanted to like be a fancy black guy. Like this was like Obama era shit. Like I see, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to like sure. move to DC and be like a fancy black dude that worked at a firm or something. Gotcha. Like, yeah. And I, and I loved hardcore music and I was like, Oh my God, hardcore music's great. Boom, boom, boom. But I'll never be that. There's mm. no way I could possibly ever make it. And this right. is like a way for me to get out of Oklahoma. So like, this is where I'm going to like pour into. Um, but <laughs> when I moved to DC, like, Things worked out and I had some really great jobs and I hated all of them. And I always wanted to be in a band. And
0: And what kind of work was it? Like, like, are you an academic? Like what what kind of stuff did you get into?
2: No, actually, um, my first job, um, I was actually like a technology policy lobbyist. I worked on net neutrality. Um, Oh,
0: no shit. Yeah.
2: It was really awesome. It was a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I worked there and eventually worked at the FCC. I was the deputy press secretary there, wow. doing like yeah a bunch of their net neutrality work with Tom Wheeler, who was the chair when Obama appointed him. Oh, wow, very interesting. I, yeah, and and I and it was funny. Like I chose DC because of that work, but I was also like, oh, there's bands there. I'll always right. be able to kind of like find a band. Um, but I had a really hard time. Like I couldn't find anyone to play with. And huh. I felt like starved, like kind of creatively, wow. and and I hated my job. I hated it. Like I was like, I thought this was going to be fulfilling, but the only thing I want to do is play in bands. Wow. So, so I'm going to move to New York and play in so, bands.
0: So you finished. So you finished school. You finished college, and yeah. and got a background in that. Went to DC and kind of tinkered around with it, and it just you just knew it wasn't right for you. Like, yeah. like pretty early on.
2: Yeah, it just didn't feel right um, huh. at all. And I always knew I wanted to play in bands, so um, eventually, so I moved to New York and still worked, but music became like the focal point, really. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah,
0: and uh, and what what uh, kind of stuff did you fall into? And where were you in Brooklyn when you were there? I was in Crown Heights. You're in Crown Heights. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, right what was North that North like for you connecting yourself in, in Brooklyn? Man, it was
2: like half of my like record coming out is about this moment. Like when Mm -hmm. I moved to Brooklyn, I had never, for one, I felt like it was the first decision I ever made in my life. That was totally mine. Like, you know, like it wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to DC because I got a job and it's the next thing. It was like, I don't want that life. I want this other life. Mm. I want to try it. You know, like it, I felt responsible for it. Um, and then when I got to Brooklyn and I'll be honest, like it was my first time living in like a all black and like super pro black like world. Sure. And I had never experienced that in Oklahoma. And when I was in DC, I was just in a very different circle. Okay. And, and so like, but there, you know, like it was like just all these black people and I, and I'd never been in a world like that. And I, was suddenly like forced to like learn about myself <laughs> oh. and, and like really like become like just like more confident in who I am and right. start to kind of like ask myself some questions about what I want my life to be and what really makes me happy. Who are the people I want to be around? You know, things like that, that I never really actually thought that much about. I don't know. Oh. Um, yeah. Right. I felt like I picked up a lot of confidence and became myself in Brooklyn in a way.
0: Yeah, it's a strange question coming from a white person, but like, was this between Oklahoma and D.C.? Was this maybe the first time that you were able to like connect with your own black experience, like like being around that and really fully being able to kind of let that free in an open area like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was like I think of it as like an actualization, (laughs) right? Was like, oh, oh, it's okay to be this. Or to, you know, and that's when I was like, okay, I want to front a band now. <laughs> yeah, you know, right, right. You know, like, like, my own wow. fucking band. <laughs> and, then, uh, and, uh, and dude, and I fucking, I played in so many bands in New York and it was like, I just got to really grind and I needed that, you know, like, yes. to just like play, like, Four shows a week In <laughs> sure. practice all the time It was just amazing Well it seems um, like
0: you need to work hard at whatever you're doing Which is you know A good good quality to have um, Now I heard you say One quote when when You moved there and when In the attempt to go solo You said I had to say goodbye to being so Precious and I had to say goodbye to that Version of me So so what exactly were were you letting go and like what exactly were you like coming into?
2: I feel like that's so yo you did your research that's great. Um <laughs> damn, you got me. Um but no, I feel like when I was coming out of that I I had always had this idea of like who I was supposed to be, right? right. Through like just growing, you know, whatever. Um was that from I,
0: family or just the Oklahoma thing? Was was there pressure from when from your parents to kinda comply I think I, a little bit as well? Well, I think I was
2: like I'm a person that puts a lot of per- pressure on themselves, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um like, you know, my parents have expectations and and I have my you know, but I think I have my own and I think those drive me more crazy than anybody else's I to think. be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um but um, yeah, you know, I feel like I just had this idea of what I thought life was going to be and who I thought I wanted to be. And when I realized that wasn't what I wanted and that I wanted to move and kind of pursue this other like world, um, I had to say goodbye to like the honestly, <laughs> like wanting a lot of shit that it just didn't make me happy. Like mm. wanting a lot of like, oh, like I don't need to like, you know, stunt on, on niggas to be like, I don't need to like be cool. Like, right I, right. I don't need to like, you know, I don't need to play the role. Like I see, I need yeah. to just like, I need to like make myself happy. Like, even if it doesn't look cool, <laughs> even, right, right, even sure. if it's like, just like, you know, you're a dub. Like, what if you're just a dub? Like, you're not that interesting. Like, yeah. it's okay. Like you got to say goodbye to being so precious and like caring about these things that aren't really serving you,
0: you know? And that was kind of what that was all about. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But I mean, that sounds, sounds really cathartic almost the things you, you went through in all these places. Uh, and it's nice to hear like music and, and, you know, performance and art being so connected to a personal experience. Cause so often, you know, it's about the end game and it's not really about the process. So it's honestly nice to hear that it was about the process. Um, you know, I had I have to bring it up at least once. No, when you played football, you were a free safety and a wideout, so yeah. you, you got burners, huh?
2: Like, like oh man, I used to be, I used to be able to get out. I was yeah, that's so exciting. I was a great athlete. Yo, I was a great athlete, and it's so weird because like I like uh, I, there was a time in my life in my early twenties when I seriously was bummed that I was not playing. Football on TV. Like I remember thinking like, damn, I could be I could be playing for blah blah blah. Why am I wasting my time in school? Right. (laughs) So dumb, man. Like, yo.
0: When you were getting out of high school, were there like were you were you being looked at by colleges and stuff like that?
2: Yeah. I mean I got a scholarship to play football at Emporia State University. I went I went there and played. And then I didn't like it. I got hurt and then I was like, oh, I, and before I went to, I, I went to Emporia State for a girl, which was, you know, not smart because I turned down like a, some better schools. Okay, <laughs> Much to my parents, like, what the fuck? Okay. Um, but anyways, I like, then, you know, I planned to transfer to Oklahoma and play, you know, walk on at Oklahoma or get like a gray shirt there. Sure. Um, But then the injury was, I don't know. It was just time. I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to go there.
0: What What kind of injury was it?
2: My knee, I've like a I've got a bad knee, a right knee. Um uh, my ACL I've torn it and my MCL I've probably torn it twice. Sure. Um, yeah, so I've got a bum knee, um, a real one that I can't really fuck up again. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Young man with a bum knee. Well, <laughs> <Yo>, for real. <laughs> well, you're getting bigger and bigger, man. Once your shows start popping off, you gotta make sure that you're not doing any full on split dives and uh Cool jumps on stage, you know? That's an easy you know, way to fuck it up in some in some flat shoes, you know? Man, real talk. That's
2: that's so real. I know I'm gonna throw my back out at a show. And I mean, like it's yeah. gonna happen.
0: It's this not, is from I experience. Get, I've seen Yeah, I've seen men creeping up into their thirties trying to do some I've seen let's just say this. I've seen a lot of guys (laughs) holding guitars complaining about like shin splints and shit like that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Just keep that in mind now. Benny with his knee. His knee. Hanging
1: out with some, some wussy players, dude.
0: Oh, well, you never you never had a shin splint when you're in the goops brad? no man come on <laughs> and, if, and if i did
1: i wouldn't admit it how's that
0: <laughs> well yeah because this is new york city in like the 80s you're probably so high on cocaine that uh. you did not even know how your body felt brad uh-huh. <laughs> nah. I'll, uh, I'll let the so fantasy i'll let you live that fantasy <laughs> your voice just got real jumpy when i said that um but so anyway, Barty so you're down in DC now right and, yeah. and you told me you're in the uh, the U Street district Yeah so what so um, what no, brought you street. back
1: to DC I mean we were you yeah. were just in New York and you'd found yourself and you'd found music so what happened
2: Yo okay so <laughs> this is when I I got I think I got smart like I don't know <laughs> Okay I, I feel like I really like I got smart and I was like yo I don't think if I stay in New York, anyone's gonna hear my music. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, oh, wow. You know, I was like, hmm. Hmm. Like, I know a lot of great bands. Like, I know some incredible bands. I know some players that are so good. Like anything they touch, it seems like they can write a hit song. But nobody's going to their shows. Right. They're not selling any merch. Right. And like they're ultimately pissed off and frustrated. Mm. And I was like, every time I'd go on tour, I would meet all these bands that were like sometimes more talented and sometimes not that just kind of built their lives differently around their music. You know, uh, like they were like, Hmm. They're like, yo, like I can't spend $2,200 on an apartment. I'm going to spend $700 on an apartment right. and live in Valparaiso and tour all year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it worked. And yeah, like, sure. When they come to New York, they sell out. And I was like, I got to leave and like build this elsewhere in a place where maybe someone will see me. So
1: how much time did you put in New York? I'm just curious. Oh, it was like
2: five, five years.
1: Yeah. Just about. Oh, that's respectable. There's this, I just, I've lived in New York for like three decades now. And I just know that there's this two year, there's a two year mark where a lot of people who can't handle it leave. So once you pass that, you could handle it. So you, you could handle it. You just had reasons to leave.
2: I miss it, too. Like, right. I I am always talking to my partner. I'm like, babe, should we just go back? All of our friends are yeah. there. You know, I miss the life, and I miss the players. Like, right. gosh,
0: it's, like, the best. But... I mean, yeah. You, know. you couldn't be more right about the music. I mean, like, it's so hard building something inside of New York. And it mm-hmm. seems like most of the people who find the success find success outside of New York. And once that happens, you sort of come back home and have success at home. But I mean, when you say that it makes perfect sense. Cause I've seen the same as you, so many great bands just grind in places, especially in Brooklyn where people are yeah. just too cool to hear it. Yeah. Too young to care, yeah. too drunk to notice. Yeah. And then about 15,000 other bands you're competing with that it's really hard to stand out. So that does seem like a very wise decision.
2: I just made a risk assessment. I was like, like, this is where my best shot is, I think. And
0: yeah. This might have been your uh, kind of more mathematical engineering side of your brain that you got from your your initial career that led you to see these holes, you know, in the sociology of New York. <laughs> that's good. I hope so. I don't. I, I, I like to think so. Yeah. I like to think that time wasn't wasted. <laughs> it? If, if you were a total wonkhead, you wouldn't have made that decision. So that's good. Now, did you go straight to, to the U Street area? No, and I live on H Street. My oh, bad. Okay.
2: Yeah. But oh, yeah, no, okay. I, I live on H Street. Um, and yeah, I just moved straight here. Um, we've been here for almost two years, awesome. I think.
0: And there's Man. kind of a, a long, rich history in that area. Um, do, do you find the, uh, the neighborhood and your, your surroundings it inspiring to, to work and write? Um, it was when I first moved here, but now I'm
2: ready to try another spot. Um, okay, but why is that? I, um, hmm, I don't know. Well, there's a few things. One, um, in the continued effort to build my life, around my music and to cut costs and make things affordable and sustainable. Mm. Um, you know, this isn't the best spot for that. Um, right. And I also just got a, like, you know, a position um, working as a producer out of a studio here, um, oh, cool. like right outside of DC and Virginia. Um, that's like really great. And the studio is amazing. And, you know, basically they're just like, yeah, set up shop, bring in whoever you want. And, you know, don't worry about an X amount you have to pay, you know, Pretty great, wow. little yeah, it's great. So, you know, um, so I want to be a little closer to that, especially now, like during COVID and shit. Like, sure. So, it'll and it's a lot cheaper over there. So, you know, I think it'll be like a good place to kind of get low and build, if you will. You know, like just kinda, I like that. Yeah, just grind.
1: I saw the pics uh, yeah. on on <laughs> your. I saw the pics on your Instagram. What's the studio?
2: Oh, it's called Thirty Eight North. Thirty Eight
1: yeah. It looks like a nice spot. What town is it in? It's in Falls Church.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's which is like right. It's in that Nova area, like right
0: outside of DC. Right. Really right. close. Yeah. Right. Did you approve of the gear? Brad? I
1: didn't. I was. I was gonna say this is for. I have a question <laughs> for Benny. I was just wondering what uh, what the console is.
2: Um. So downstairs is an MCI, Ooh. a 500 series. It's cold, bro. Nice. Like it's. Beautiful, and upstairs um, in the big room, um, I I can send you some photos. I don't think I posted any great ones, um, but upstairs um, there's like you know basically like a rack of ten seventy threes, ten sixty sixes, rack of API. You know, it's like a rack of everything right, you would right. want, a rack of Ventex, You know, LA two A's, a bunch of UA stuff. Um, you know, but a really nice combination of like vintage and new things. Um and so they don't use a board upstairs, they just use all that. Right. Well you can um,
1: get away
0: with stuff. that now, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: What do yeah. you think, Ben? There's- Does this sound good to you?
0: Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would I would definitely knock down the one point five H Z and uh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know a little bit, just in that in that kind of scenario. But yeah, it sounds good. So it's one point five
1: hertz. Is that a yeah yeah a, yeah? Did you notice some reflections in the pictures?
0: Yeah, the Possible. Hz. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You might be right. A lot of Hz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much. Yeah, and you just you know knock a couple Hz out of the mids. That's a yeah, good low, idea, actually. Low, low mids. Right.
2: That's a good idea. I, I'm always like, Yo, whose Hz are these? Get them out of here. Am I right? <laughs>
0: All right, well speaking of mids, this is the perfect <laughs> the perfect transition into our segment called Mystery Friend. Who did you
1: piss
0: Oh, Yeah, who did you offend? Where you late to the king? Did you show up at the end? Put on your thinking caps.
2: Is okay. So, Oh, cool, cool, cool. I thought you were going to talk about weed when you said mids. Oh, we are.
0: Um, <laughs> oh. No, oh, we are, friend, Yeah, that, that is what I meant by mids. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, I heard a story from a friend of yours. So, the point of this game is I'm going to tell you a story. I'd okay. like you to tell me a little more about the story. To and, elaborate and, on it, yeah. And elaborate on it. And then you have to guess which mystery friend of yours told me this story. Oh, my. So... Okay. Speaking of mids in Washington, D.C., I heard about a story where you uh, took someone to get weed in D.C., and they found out that it was sort of like a strange speakeasy type of situation where you had to kind of know the right place or the right code words to to, to get it. So so can you explain to me what what that is like down in D.C.?
2: Yeah, so in DC, that you can't buy weed, um, okay. but someone can gift you weed, and you can like you know <laughs> buy a service, and they gift you the weed, right? So mm. let's. So I I go to a place um, down the street, and I walk in, and I say, "Hey, I need some life advice," and they say, "Okay, cool. That's going to be sixty bucks," and I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'll give you sixty bucks for life <laughs> advice." Yeah, and I give them sixty bucks they give me advice it lifts me up i feel good and then they say hey brother do you want a free gift of like an eighth of this or that or the other and i can choose whatever i want within a certain price point of the advice i received
0: oh, wow
2: and that's how you are legally able to procure You know, marijuana in the district.
1: Oh my god, I never heard this. This is is so
2: like. There is people selling like paintings. Yo, yo, check. Okay, there is. um, (laughs) There is. It's it's so it's so wild to me. So there is like this collection of, um, I believe they're deaf artists because there is a college here, Gallaudet University, one of the largest um, schools for the deaf um, in the country, uh, probably in the world, Um, and they have like these artists who like paint pictures. And you can buy them, and then they they deliver the painting to you with weed. Wow, <laughs> that's it's awesome! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's lit. And the paintings are all named after like the strain <laughs> you'd be getting. Oh so my it's God, like- this is too.
0: So, good. but let me ask yeah.
1: you this: When you get your uh, your life advice, do they yes. ever take it seriously? Did you ever get any good life advice other than?
2: Oh my gosh, the I've gotten some. It's all very general, but it's all very true, you know? (laughs) Okay. Like, recently I was told not to sweat the small shit, you know? Okay.
1: Okay. That's always a
2: good Which is something that prior to hearing it, I hadn't thought to myself in probably 48 hours. So it was a good (laughs) reminder, and I didn't that day. So you're kind of – it's sort of like fortune cookie advice. Yeah, but better because it's a guy – that you get to build a relationship with over time, right. he gets to know your problems. You know? Oh, I like it's great. this. It's almost like a shrike. It is a, it's a therapist. It's yeah. it's
1: like a variation on the old school bartender, right? You sit, sit <laughs> you sit down and yes. tell your problems to Exactly. I
2: like this. That's,
1: I do, I was not aware happening. of this. It's fantastic.
2: I mean, granted, you're in line with a lot of people behind you. So <laughs> right. how deep do you want to go? That's up to you. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. That's amazing.
0: See, this is when everybody goes, you know, uh, 2020. And sometimes I go, 2020, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it could Look be worse. That. Like that's cool.
2: <laughs> that's just cool, you know? It, it's really funny. But damn, who told you that?
0: Yeah, mm. so you have any idea who who gifted me oh. this story? Who's your my, mystery friend? Is it my Is it my mother? I mean, you got to imagine this scenario. I I must have talked to the person who I got this from. So would you imagine that I could have gotten in touch with your mom somehow? Yes. I mean, she's online. <laughs> it is, it's not your mom. And, and, and I don't know you. I know. This was not an easy mystery friend to get. Donovan? Is it Donovan? It's not. Because I've told a
2: lot of people about this.
0: Oh, I love this.
2: Oh, hell. Is it... Kaylee? No. My, my God.
0: Shoot. A human being that I've talked to. I think it's not only a human being you've talked to. I think it's a human being you brought to do this. I think what you the, you okay. supervise this human being. Damn it. I mean, in the speakeasy.
2: This sucks because, I man, I'm high when I do everything. <laughs> so it's like everything is hard. I hear you.
0: I hear you. You know I'm high right now I'm Trying to figure <laughs> this out
1: That's
0: going off track prerequisite <laughs> ah. don't, don't feel too pressured Only about a lot of
1: people get their mystery friends Let okay, me, know. Let
2: me, let me okay. know when you
0: want to get it I do not know who it is It is your publicist Jamie Collette <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> I'm so stupid yeah. The only person that I know that you know well damn, I'm going I gave you way too much credit, basically. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was it's, like I was like that'd oh be too yo. easy. I was like, Benny's a professional podcaster. Like yeah, he's got research. He's got he's been planning for this for weeks. He just pulled that line in that article
0: out of thin air. Now this was emailing your publicist at about eleven o'clock last night. Damn. <laughs> but it still worked. Yeah.
2: This is this is a snapshot of what many interactions in my life are like this. What just happened?
0: Why? So, that, that my attempt at you was more artificial than you thought? You thought there was more depth to me? <laughs> no, that
2: I, that I vastly overthought something. <laughs> that, that I'm in a place that no one else is. Yeah. I'm like, I'm there's, beyond.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's my life lesson to you is go the easy route first. If that doesn't work, you can go deeper. <laughs>
2: Check the twist the doorknob first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's seriously the best
0: advice anyone could probably ever give me. Yeah, that's a pretty good advice. That's solid. I, I like
1: that one. I like that one. I've heard very, many awesome. variations on that one, but that's it. That's well, that a
0: was a one. great mystery, friend. Thanks for that. No problem. But uh, so moving on to actually some music. Okay, I know you like to play and write music as part of all of this. Um, yeah. What kind of uh, like what kind of creator are you? Are you Somebody who like makes sure that you you grind every day and make sure you create something, or are you very tied to to creative inspiration? And when you're when you're hit with like a wave of something, um, I'm if it was
2: a spectrum, I like to think of this as a spectrum, right? right. Like because I definitely have element. I do some of both. I'm I'm a planner. Like when I'm about to go make a record or record a record, I'm pretty like. Technical, you know, I'm I'm pretty like, all right, cool. Here's the timeline. Here's this. Boom, boom, boom. Like, I need to have a strategy for the record. Okay, Um, but if I'm just um, like day to day um, writing music and just kind of like trying to just be creative,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: um, I feel like I'm I'm an inspiration searcher. You know, I that's that's where most of my music comes from. Definitely, it's rare that I think up a whole song. Most of my music is from like. Hearing something or doing something accidentally
0: and then uh-huh. just kind of
2: like following it, you know? Uh-huh. Um, which is also why I buy so much gear. Like, oh, I see. Yeah. Like I, I love synths. I love guitars. I love basses. I love drums. And it's, it's literally like, I just need to like hear something different so I can just go down the pathway and I can't imagine it until I hear it. So I need to have things to make
0: sounds with. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Anything, like, outside of, you know, other artists or gear that you use for, for inspiration, like, uh, you know, film or, or things around the city or anything like that? Um, honestly, um, I love horror movies. Nice. Uh,
2: like, um, I, I love the drama and I love the sound. Like the 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 drama that sound can bring, something about it. You know, I've always loved it, (laughs) Um, and so I would. So I mean, yeah, I love horror movies, (laughs) and I and I'm often very inspired by them. um, How they can you know make hyper real scenarios feel so like much like it could happen to you. Like I I feel something about that is always kind of. Been romantic to me, like and kind of interesting. I've always like played with that idea, and yeah. So I think that's always been very inspiring to me. What's a what's a favorite film? Recently, a film that has just stood out to me. It's not even my favorite, but it's one that I come back to a lot for inspiration. Is it follows? It follows. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it Uh -uh. or heard of it, but Uh -uh. it's um, it's awesome, and it's. It's not the best horror movie, but the way that everything is set up and shot and how sound is used in the, in the movie is just like freaking, it's so scary. Right. <laughs> well, that's like, the thing about the
1: genre is like every now and then you just get one that comes out of like oftentimes out of like a low budget, but they just do something weird or twisted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when it's amazing. I'm not a big horror film guy but yeah i do like it when every now and then when you get one of those just totally amazing
2: well i feel, accidents, like, horror, I feel like yeah and i feel like that horror is like a it's like a a, a genre of films where people are trying new shit you know like yeah it, right it, yeah it feels experimental to me um which is maybe why i'm so drawn to it because I'm, I'm not you know yeah it's well, so kind of I think it's
1: cuz it's dismissed, you know. It, basically it's yeah. like it's utility, yeah. it's utility film. It's like how you know, all you need to do is make a film that's going to scare teenagers and then once you've done right. that, you're free to do like whatever you want. You can do crazy shit.
0: You know what it is too? It's like I think horror is like what say you're going to choose to play metal for a living. Yeah. You know you know right off the bat that you're foregoing commercial success. You know mm-hmm. that, like, you're not going to be mainstream and you have your niche. And I think, you know, in horror, it could be the same thing where, you know, people you know, like, you're not you know, this isn't going to be Top Gun. Right. You know, this we'll isn't be- going to be, like, you You know that you're losing the mainstream anyway. <laughs> so it maybe gives you more room to, to move around inside of that space. Right. Well,
1: yeah. also the fact that it, maybe it's not taken as seriously in Hollywood for that reason, that Sure.
0: Yeah, it gives you some freedom, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like you know, before uh, you know, before you know, a certain time or place. If you were in a hardcore or punk band, you were basically making a decision that you were never going to be right. very commercially successful. Right. Like that was literally a focused decision you were making about your own life. And of course, you're going to give less of a fuck if that <laughs> if that's the case. You know, true. Yeah, yeah. you know all about that. So. With all the you know instrumentation you use and how much you know how to play yourself, wh- where do the uh, where do the songs begin? Like on which instrument? And
2: yeah, um, I'm I'm a guitar player primarily. Like I would say that's probably the instrument I'm best at. <laughs> so most things, um, most things are there of the things I've written and recorded of late. But new things <laughs> <laughs> have, have largely been written on synthesizers, um, mostly since, um, oh. yeah. Which is weird because I'm not I'm not a keys player by any means at all. Okay. But it's, it's inspiring to just honestly like having all those patches. Like you know, guitars like you can make sound a lot of different ways, but like. Something about synthesizers are pretty fascinating. <laughs> the last few years have been pretty fun, like getting into synths. And um definitely like on that last project I did, um, the national one, Say Goodbye to Pretty Boy. Yeah. Um, that song I mean, that whole record I recorded like this time last year. Um and it was mostly like, you know, a drum machine and a couple poly synths and an Ivor Rhodes piano. It was you know, that was mostly it. Very cool. Yeah. What's, uh,
1: what's an inspirational um, synth for you? Like, what, what do you like to monkey
2: around on? Ooh, um, I love Pro- Prophet Rev 2. Nice. Um, you know, the Dave Smith Prophet, right. I think is like, I'm a huge James Blake fan, like right. massive. And, you know, I just loved his tone. And when I found out that he was playing Prophets, I was like, oh, I want one. Right. <laughs> and, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, sorry, Benny. To answer your question, yeah, most songs start with like guitar and a, and a melody, um,
0: or a synth and a melody that I'm singing. Mm-hmm. And when do uh, like when do lyrics come into play with your writing? At the very last minute. Okay, very last. So you have melodies worked out, and then you 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 fit the lyrics into it afterwards.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'm just freestyling every time I sing the song until oh. I write it. Like, and it's literally like everyone in the studio is like, okay, so are you ready to replace your scratch lyrics now? And I'm like, yes, I'll make some decisions now. (laughs) I put it, I just don't want to make the decision. It's so hard.
0: Choosing lyrics is so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't don't ever want that pressure. (laughs) I kind of hate it, but it's
2: fun. Every time I hear it back, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> right, but, right, right. but it's hard to let them go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I noticed, um, I watched, uh, you doing, uh, a live, a live thing on, uh, new noises. I had never heard of it until I saw you on it. And, um, you were talking about the drummer and some of the musicians in the group you were playing with that, that you seem to be playing with for a pretty long time. Um, how do you go about, uh, finding or keeping like a consistent group of musicians to play live? And, and is there a group that you always use?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um I mean, my pro this project is like fairly new mm-hmm. compared, compared like when I stack it against the people in my band, like I, I know them from before, you know, like previous projects, right. Um, like Carter, my drummer, when I first moved to New York, um, he was in the first band that I played in, and he was literally like 19, 18 oh, wow. at the time. He had just moved up from Vegas. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was like a- such a character, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he just shredded drums. Cool. And I was like, man, I'm keeping you in my back pocket. Like one day. <laughs> We we're gonna be the thing, you know, me and you kid. You know, that was the energy. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then that band was it was good. Um, but we didn't really do much and it broke up and he got me in another band and you know, and that's kind of how I met everybody. Like I could tell you everyone's origin story, I won't. But um basically, yeah, we just met through bands and you know, playing a lot. My bassist is this guy named Brian D'Emilio who recorded the band I was in Stay Inside for the first record we did. And I was just like, whoa, you're a a great engineer. (laughs) And, uh, and we just stayed in touch. And, and I was, when I was wanting to record another thing, I was like, dude, I want you to help me do it. And our friendship kind of grew from there. And he's been playing bass for me ever since. And, but I have like a big network of players, you know, like I've played in so many bands and like literally the first like handful of shows. And even now, like I kind of just put the call out. I'll be like, Hey, everyone, like, I'm playing, like, these dates, like, who's free? Like, you know, Um, and everyone's just like, oh, I could do it if Dan can't do it, and da 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 -da. and and that's kind of how it works out. It's like a big family, which is, like, how I'd love to keep it,
0: you know? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And and you plan on, you know, whenever the world's not burning and you can go play some shows, you plan on keeping that that same group of of guys together?
2: Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, You know, I would love to. And, man, like, yo, like, the way I see it is like, I know in my mind, like there are people, oh, shit, who knows what's going to happen? I've been in bands before, <laughs> you know, Like people, <laughs> and I've seen some shit in bands. Yeah, and yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. like right now we have a great chemistry and everyone is cool. Like, and the egos are good. And like nobody, like I'm pretty good about reminding everyone that I ain't shit. Like, <laughs> sure. I ain't shit. Like, we ain't doing shit. None of us have any money. Let's just go and have fun. You know, like, what? This, what's this really about? You know, it's about like supporting each other and making sure each other can reach their their potential, their dreams. You know, yeah, like yeah. we all believe awesome. in each other, and that's kind of like what bonds us. Is we all think that each of us is big enough to go the distance. You know, so that's
0: awesome. That's yeah. actually nice to hear too. Because to me. The idea of like, you know, completely, uh, or, or, you know, successfully completing something like an album or a tour and it being good and still being able to walk away knowing you're not shit and you still have a lot left to prove, I think is one of the things that makes like good artists great. You know, it's, it's, it's good to never be that impressed with yourself. I think it, it can help with, um, Maybe you don't enjoy moments as much sometimes, but it, I think it can help in the long in the long form because you know you never get too ahead of yourself or too impressed with yourself. It's probably a good way to be, man.
2: Yeah, man, you gotta be right. There's like, there's so many great musicians, and yeah. I want to play, and I want to play with all of them. Exactly. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Exactly. I don't. You know, like someone asked me the other day, they're like, "What's the like? Like, what do you want? Like, what what is success to you?" And I'm like. Right. Honestly, like, I just want to play with the people who inspire me. Like, yeah, yeah, I want to be in a room with Terrace Martin. Like, I want to, like, watch that full work. <laughs> that, <laughs> sure, that's yeah. when I'll be like, oh, I'm, like, doing some shit. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Deb Hines is here. I'm doing some shit. <laughs> Matt Berninger's here. You know, like, that's what you know, I, everybody wants, you know? I yeah, want that,
0: yeah. you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I, I saw that, that New Noises live stream was on March 11th which, uh, you know, is now sort of notoriously like the what I imagine the Rudy Gobert Day, because that's the, the day the NBA fell apart because of that. Yes. Um, so, so that. yeah, so March 11th is always Rudy Gobert Day to me now. Um, so Holiday. you were still you were still playing. And I, and I remember even in that you said you had a couple shows coming up after it. How was that few days around there, and when did you kind of decide to shut it all down? Oh my god, it was so scary.
2: Yeah. We were so excited to be doing that—that that WNYC thing, you know. Right. Like, yeah, I was so excited, and I, I was also like, "Oh man, they're definitely going to cancel this, right?" Because <laughs> right, I feel like shit's really going to pop off, but it hadn't quite. And we had the show the following day at the Sultan Room, which right. was a place that like is a really cool club and like I really wanted to play there. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, being real. And I, you know, there was like multiple threads about should people cancel, should we not, yes or no. Everyone was like, oh, we've got hand sanitizer. And I was like, okay, like let's just do it. And yeah. so we, we all went up and we we drove our little cars up there <laughs> and we parked and we, we went in there. And then like right as we started playing, like the news really started to break about right. like Italy. And like um, how it was going bad and that's right um, yeah. and then like the next day was the show and you know somehow like you know they decided not to close the, show, the the space and we played the show and it was it was attended, which I was like, wow, y'all are risky as hell like I, <laughs> would, I would not have come like I was scared and when I, I remember like loading in like we're around the street from like a key foods I believe or something uh-huh. and like there was like a line around the block it looked like some you know. Some TV shit. I was scared. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, we should not be playing. We should all be at home. I don't know
0: what we're doing out here. Scary. Just get home and get to Ben's chili bowl as quickly as possible. Yeah, right. (laughs) The vegan chili you're saying you like, right? Oh, I sweat it so hard. I. It's another. (laughs) I, I. Yeah, I just interviewed someone earlier today for for a different podcast. He's from Chicago, and I talked about I've had some timing issues in the past playing shows. And eating Chicago pizza. Because, you know, if you get it before the show, you might play a little sluggish. And then, you know, if you get it after the show, you're eating like these giant pieces of pizza at like one in the morning about <laughs> to get in the van. Also not great. And yeah. Ben's Chili Bowl has done the same thing to me a couple times where I can't resist. It's tough. Vegetarian to no. chili cheese fries. Cause they're so fucking good. And that they're place delicious. is so cool that I just want to go there all the time. But you know, an hour before the show, if you're taking that on, it's, it's not a good look. You know, you gotta get, you gotta get to the city early.
2: Like yeah, you guys have to have a talk days before and be like, yo, like, <laughs> Nash- like yo, like let's not sleep in Nashville. Like, let's push it. Right. Let's stay, let's stay in West Virginia tonight. It's going to be wild, but we can get to DC by 1 PM.
0: It's wise. Yeah, How do you have but- so much wisdom already? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I run political campaigns. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. You could have been playing me this whole time. Goddamn politician this whole time. Um, no, man. So, just, I know, I know things are, you know, it's a weird thing to notice, but I notice it because, you know, I've been in the same boat as you many times in my life. But, um... I noticed that from yesterday until today, you had about a thousand more views on your YouTube video for the last song, and I oh, think, word. yeah, yeah, and I think you know, people are really seem to be connecting, especially to this last song, a uh, Mustang, and um, and I, I don't know, I see a very good trajectory for you coming up, and I was wondering, in in your own head. Uh, where do you see yourself like a year from now? And and where do you see yourself like 10 years from now? Wow. Well,
2: a year from now, I hope I see myself on the road. Hopefully, okay. you know, like I, I really hope that in a year I'm just grinding. Like, I hope I'm on the road. Like, I hope I'm on the road on the road. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. Not like, oh, we're doing a weekender. Like, I want to be gone. <laughs> and, yeah. 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 You know, like I want to hit it hard and, you know, and I hope I can do that. Um, so yeah, that's what I hope in a year. And, and I hope that, you know, in that time I've, you know, released some music that people continue to connect with. And, um, I hope that it, 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 it catches, you know, I hope people like it. Um, this is the first time anyone's ever really listened to my stuff. So it's unique. Um, 10 years down the road. Um, I mean, I'm still kind of like, I'm pretty normal. Like I I want to have a family and I want to mm-hmm. have kids and get married. And and I like, I see that as something that is really important to me. And so wow. I, I, w- I want to have that um, and I want to be doing, I want to be into that, you know, in that 10 year mark. And and I also want my day to day to be centered around music. Like whether that's going on tour for four weeks and I'll be back for three weeks, or maybe or I'm like you know producing a band and then I'm going to go on the road for a week and a half. Like I always want that balance of like producing and um, making music, um, but also like touring and like writing my own stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I want it all basically, yeah, <laughs> and, awesome. and, that, and that's basically like the the ethos of my music. Like I always thought you had to choose something. Like you have to be. This guy or that guy, you you know, black kids can't have it all. Mm. You have to choose something or you'll lose everything. Like that's kind of the fear we have, which leads to a lot of people choosing things that aren't for them. And, you know, it's, it's fucks with your mind. Um, And so, you know, my music and everything I do is all about like, I want all the shit. Like I want to, I want the money. I want my friends to eat too. I want to get married. I want beautiful kids. I want a big ass house. I want to cut a bunch of records, and I want everyone around me to do well. And uh, that's kind of the goal. That's,
0: i mean, it's beautiful, and it's—and it's totally attainable, which is awesome. You just gotta fucking keep that knee right, man. You know? Yeah. Yo, that's you know that's why like producing
2: in a studio is very important. Just like stand I mean. your feet, dog. You'll be all right. Just stand your feet. I gotta stay up, literally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, see, I just got to like have a couple huge songs and then we just buy a whole new knee. You that's know? it. So yeah.
0: Give me a whole new joint. Oh um, yeah, that's it. You By know. 2030, we could be floating. You might not, you might not even need the thing, you that's
2: know. True. I mean, yeah. I mean, they literally are, you know, sending people in to do Fortnite shows, you know? Like Travis Scott <laughs> did that one. I could do that. I
0: mean, yeah. well, speaking of the modern age though, <laughs> I I got at you a little on Twitter today because you you made a post saying how sometimes – I'm going to quote you, okay, because because Brad's going to love this too – how sometimes you're tricked by logic and you said, in quotes, many times I've complimented bands' drums on mixes and many times they've said, yeah, they're logic drums. And I question everything my ears have ever thought were true. And I don't know what uh-huh. emoji I said or what, what that was that I sent you, but I sent you a little – figurine crying in the rain saying that we're, this is what drummers are like. And as usual, as usual, comparing myself to John Henry, which I feel like um, now, but that being said, it's not like I'm, I'm dumb to this. I mean, these fucking things sound great these days and there's a reason I'm so insecure. So what, what do you think, you know, that being said, what do you think we can still offer the world of rock besides for, some some long hair, you know, flailing around at a live show. Oh, really? Like, are you talking about what can drummers offer of the world of rock? I mean, you know, if you're playing a certain type of music and you're going to quantize the stuff anyway and people are going to compress it to where it almost sounds digital, I, you know, I'm even getting to the point where I'm like, you know what, motherfucker, just just fucking just sample it, you know, just, just I mean, do it. Like, why do you even need sure. it anymore? Sure, you could do that. I
2: mean, and to back you up, you know, most of the things I mix, all the snares are samples, anyways. The kicks are samples. You know, <laughs> yeah. Benny, I'm sorry, bro. It's it's over. No, I'm kidding. That's not me. Full time podcast host. <laughs> Done. Uh. No, honestly, my my real answer to that is like feel is irreplaceable. Yeah, like feel like people that you know why people listen to freaking. Like Bootsy Collins songs today, <laughs> it's because yeah. the vibe is strong. Down pat, mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield still sells records today. Like, right. there are like, right. a lot of you know, like feel is important. Feel rules. Feel feel prevails always. Feel always prevails. Um, mm. Always. So I mean, keep if it you, coming.
0: Keep it coming. Yeah. Give me like <laughs> thirty more seconds of this. Yeah, man. So like,
2: if you, I mean, <laughs> if you got some, if you got a story to tell on drums, you know, oh, speak
0: that's... your truth. Gene, go oh. go. <laughs> Live! <laughs> oh, I feel so inspired. I'm going straight to the drum space after this. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play ahead of the click, and I'm going to play behind the click just to mess with these damn robots. You know? Yo, build your own. If you don't grid. know how to push the track, dog. You don't know how to do it. Build your own oh. grid. Sucking. <laughs> this is your life. You are your own
1: grid. That's the. That's what it is. Dude. That's it. You that's the, the T-shirt. Sky
0: name. <laughs> Damn. Be your own grid. Yeah, yeah, that's yours. That's yours for free. Care of <laughs> going off track. Thank you.
2: That's the merch now. Be your yeah.
0: own grid. No. <laughs> and nobody
2: bought any of his music. Was it?
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so what's up, man? You got you got anything else for us? I don't know. I'm just feeling good. I'm feeling good, man. You know, partying, just sitting
2: around. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm good. No, it's been really cool to talk to y'all and kind of get to know you both a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, for sure. I definitely listened to a lot of Gaslight, you know, and and you know, as I was coming up. So you know, it's cool to. I, I feel cool talking to to you. So well,
0: that's, that's, I feel equally the same because you know I'd heard your name, but Jamie had sent uh, a sampler of some of the new stuff that she was working on, and one of your tracks just really stood out to me, and I really think. I was excited to talk to you, too, because, um, you know, as you get older and older, it's harder sometimes to get excited about things that you see or people working, you know, and I listened to a couple of tracks and saw some things you had to say. And I'm honestly, I was truly inspired, you know, where I see somebody doing something that I think is cool and doing something I want to get behind, not only get behind, just listen to. I just want to listen to it. And I want to see what you do. And I wish you the best of luck, man. It's, it's really, I think you're on to something. And I'm really excited to see what you got coming up. Damn.
2: Well, I'm glad this is recorded. Because I'm definitely going to play that
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> that Thank you. I appreciate that. Nah, no worries. No worries. Thanks. Well, we'll do this again once the uh, once the world's not on fire. We'll have you in New York in the studio. We'll do it again. Oh, totally. I'm always up there. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. And, and best best to you and yours. Thanks again, Bartice. This was really awesome. Thank you.
1: Okay, Bartice. That was fun. Yeah, that thanks. was refreshing, man. It's like, you know, I feel like a lot of times with these, most of our interviews, it's like we are almost we know what to expect sort of, you know, we know mm. so a lot of these people, obviously you, you or I know personally, or we definitely know where they're coming from, you know? Yeah, sure. um, and this is really cool because, I mean, I feel like I'm talking to a fresh faced kid, you know, who's <laughs> right, really right. got something to say for real. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's coming from, I guess, like, finding someone who wants to create, from it coming from such a real place feels like unique and authentic these days too. You know, like it seems like a lot of people's intentions are all wrong Yeah, going into music sometimes and what they need to do. And, you know, things have been shifted so much towards like a live show and, and kind of some flashy other stuff, you know, where you might focus on, your t-shirt, you know, before you're really focusing on your song or something. So I like, it needs to get back to this root, Yeah. Which is the fact that like the song itself is the thing driving the entire ship. Yeah. And it's something like people seem to forget. So when I see someone who's just like trying to really pull the meat out of it, find some new directions to go really has something to say It's, it's refreshing and it's nice. And I, I'm really excited to hear the whole record and what he's got coming for him. And, and like I said in that interview, I don't know if I said in the interview or I said it to someone I was talking to, um, I heard some things in like his voice where I was like, oh, this voice can go like a lot of more places than I've already heard it go. You know, some voices you hear and you're like, okay, this is the way this person's voice sounds. Yeah. This voice I hear and I'm like, oh, he could go even lower if he wanted. Right. He could go even higher if he wanted. He could go longer if he wanted. So that kind of gives like his future some some breadth and like right. where it could go. Like I don't even know. Because I think he could pull off some some interesting shit, you know?
1: Yeah, he seems to definitely be he's got variety to his
0: tastes for, for sure. And what about getting weed in DC? That's awesome. Like
1: that. <laughs> what? That was so funny.
0: <laughs> so silly. I got
1: to I got to I know I'm trying to think if I know anybody who still lives in DC. I know a lot of DC area people, but I don't think I actually know that many.
0: I definitely don't know any weed heads that still live there. That I that's mean, a great story. It's just these weird like in the last like 10 years since some states have decided to like decriminalize and have their own ways of selling it and apprehending it. Like the whole weed thing is like the wild West right now. Like (laughs) no one knows. Like I don't even think cops know. They're like, can I do this right (laughs) now? Can I not? (laughs) Yeah. It's like confusing. I remember when Colorado first went legal, the, I I don't know what he is, the head of police Hmm. or sheriffs or something for Kansas. was just basically like, Hey, we know like, You guys are legal, but they're just cruising right back into Kansas. And, like, should we be arresting them? Or they, like, needed some federal guidance on the issue. And there is none. Every state just has to fend for themselves with that, which is a good thing. It's the beauty of America. But I think it's time we had some federal laws about weed, you know? Different ones.
1: Yeah. It's probably time.
0: I think it's time. (laughs) If I can watch... These fucking little kids pour all over themselves naked in their Jeeps, Ugh. pounding 150 white claws. If I have to see that shit again, like, tell me that some weird little kid can't go smoke a joint, and listen to Dark Side of the Moon on the beach. You know, How's, <laughs> how the fuck is that worse? tries drives me crazy. Watch Why? these people drink themselves to death. You yeah, know?
1: it's definitely worse. It's far worse Come for you. on. come on (laughs) remember that Uh, kids choose weed over alcohol
0: you know if we only voted in a really uh, liberal president for eight years maybe we would have had legal weed federally by now oh (laughs) drop the ball Barack's! that was (laughs) your fucking shit how did we not get weed in that eight years not cool man (laughs) not cool not what I voted for (laughs) fucking droning motherfuckers no weed bullshit uh fucking party line (laughs) so bartice is on uh the internet
1: yeah all you gotta do is put an underscore in his name bartice underscore strange to get him on instagram and twitter yeah and he's on facebook with no underscore so yeah check him out he's he's a refreshing dude that's what i will say
0: i would say so too and the record live forever That's the record. Live forever is out October second on Memory Music.
1: Yeah, but check out yeah the two singles that I was listening to that he just that just came out are really awesome.
0: Yeah, I think Mustang and Boomer.
1: Mustang, yeah, yeah,
0: great Um, tracks.
1: Yeah, that Mustang
0: track is killer. Yeah,
1: he's got it going on. He's you know, like you said, it's there's people that do music because, and he's even basically this is what he says in the interview, you know, that they do it because they have to. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like if they don't do it, they don't feel right. And he's one of those people and it and it comes through. So,
0: yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I'm like, uh, yeah, fat and pretty crazy right now, actually. (laughs) I'm just not playing enough music, you know? Yeah, dude. It's the the downside to being a drum set drummer, you know? Yeah. Because I need people. I need other people yeah. to do it. I can't sit you're, in my house and punch on pads and feel accomplished. I mean, you're,
1: you're a pack you know, animal, Benny.
0: I am. I am. <laughs> I'm a collaborator. I don't like. I don't like being out in the lonesome. Only when I choose to be. You know. All right. Well, soon enough. Yeah. Soon yeah, yeah. enough. All right. So or not soon
1: enough, but hopefully soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So our Patreon's been fun. We've been posting some yeah super videos i posted my defensive radio head i don't know i'm assuming fat mike's never going to see it so i'll say whatever i want on there you know i think that's a cool thing about the patreon it's like a blocked little world it's a safe space yeah i can say whatever the fuck i want in there those are people literally paying yep to get at like that, that's a free forum. They're, I could get
1: raw in there. They're your fans. They want to hear them. Right. They hear what you
0: get to say, dude. Right, I'm gonna start getting dirty then. <laughs> start saying what I really mean, you know? <laughs> I'm not this censored. The real Benny will come yeah. out, <laughs> unfiltered. You can hear our uh, our interview with Alex Jones we did last week. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> no, no. Sorry, I, I'm camp throwing that one. Just kidding, just <laughs> kidding. Wouldn't do it. I can't. I can't talk to people like that.
1: No, no.
0: <laughs> That's not this kind of
1: show, man. We're here to talk to people that we want to hang out with. People we guy like that. He'll bully me.
0: Yeah, he'll he bully will. me with his big mean words. You know, he'll roll
1: right over you
0: in your scary t-shirt. Sure, well, <laughs> I I don't have the heart for people like that. <laughs> I just want to. I want to give him what. Like, like, I'm. What can we do to just give him something and shut him up? What do we feed them? Throw them raw meat?
1: We need to tell them that it's all okay to love their fellow man literally no. because I think that's really what's making these people crazy. It really yeah. is, isn't I'm it? I'm convinced that that every hateful white male is a closeted homosexual. <laughs> I'm really, I really I fully am yeah? not joking. I'm not trying to make fun of them. I just can't figure out what could possibly make you so angry or so like upset about other people's behavior if it wasn't that you yourself were just not getting what you really wanted i mean
0: if you ask me and i think it's a narrative i can't understand why people don't talk about enough it's because they are fucking they're just all religious yeah well and And they think that whatever is happening right now isn't even this is not the end game This is like a small blip in their fucking (laughs) spiritual journey. (laughs) So all they have to do while they're here is ensure their passage to another place. Some political party has given them about three things that if they hold really tight to their heart, they'll ensure their path to heaven. So it's all just like this selfish... I'm out of here in thirty years anyway. Well, and not fucking dude, behavior. Not, not you even know? that. The Torch real zealot,
1: The real zealots are, are <coughs> waiting to be raptured. They they want to they want to hasten the end of the world. Are you kidding? Right. me? Right.
0: Yeah, they want it even faster. Bring it on. Yeah,
1: they're no better than the forty virgins. You know. I
0: think 72. 72, I believe. Is it seventy-two? I think it's seventy. I they think had it's to Seventies, yeah. It
1: used to be forty. Benny, A
0: thousand years ago was forty. When they were these to- kids these days needed seventy-two <laughs> to blow things up. This is bullshit. Yeah. All
1: right, we got to get out of here because this is
0: this is going into like <laughs> crazy too land. far off track. All right. Well, thanks to Bartiz. Sorry for for derailing the the verbal diarrhea all over his intro um, and,
1: <laughs> and 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 it's why we got a couple new patrons thanks uh yeah, i don't have your names in front it. of me but you you rule welcome to the club and um and also thanks for the recent venmo that we got if you want to send us a tip on venmo it's off track um yeah thank you we, we've got a lot of really
0: helpful gracious people it's true it's quite nice i appreciate it greatly We are filled with love. You keep us going. All right. Thanks, Brad. We'll see you next week. Have fun up in the mountains, wherever you are. Oh, I will.